Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 85 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. I want to start this episode with a question. How long have you had a complicated relationship with food? Well, for most people I talk to, it's not a new thing. (laughs) They've had this complicated relationship with food that feels like a love-hate relationship for many, many years. And they're really tired. Over time, that constant fatigue leads to lots of anger and resentment for so many people I talk to. I wonder if you can relate. Well, I have a letter from someone who is speaking about that experience And she's feeling so much resentment toward food because of this really complicated, chaotic roller coaster that she's been on. And she almost wishes she could just like take a pill every day instead of having to eat. But you can't, you have to actually eat. So I dive in and sort through it to see if there's anything that we can help this letter writer do. If you can relate to that experience, I wonder what you think. If there's anything that I mentioned that may be worth experimenting with, let us know. 
Before we get to today's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by My Free Roadmap, your first three steps toward food peace with PCOS. So if you are new to the podcast, you may not know that I work with lots of people that have a complicated relationship with food, including women affected by this really crappy condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. It's a really common condition, but most people have never heard of it. And these are women that are told that they have to torture themselves with these crazy intense diets and pursue weight loss and overexercise and it never works <laughs> because we know diets just don't work and they certainly don't work for PCOS either. So I put together my favorite three steps to start the food peace journey when you have PCOS. For some reason, there's this belief that women with PCOS can't go through the intuitive eating work because of their condition. And I just want to let you know that is not correct. I have helped hundreds of women to be able to start their food peace journey and really start to make amends with their body and with food and to reclaim health without dieting. So I want to be the one that helps you do just that. So go to pcosandfoodpeace.com. Again, that gives you this free roadmap, your first three steps to food peace with PCOS, and you can find it at pcosandfoodpeace.com. All right, before we get to this episode's letter, I want to ask you a really big favor. If you're enjoying this episode or have enjoyed any other episodes of the Love Food Podcast, would you mind just tapping the picture that you can see on your screen right now on your phone? From there, you can see a line that says subscribe and leaving a review here in just seconds. Usually it's in purple unless you change your colors around. And so by clicking there, it's a really quick, easy way for you to leave a rating and review of the Love Food Podcast. So you probably hear us podcasters requesting this all the time. And there's a reason. In order for the show to be discovered, it needs to have a certain amount of ratings and reviews and a certain amount of subscribers. So every time that someone does that, and I know it's a pain, iTunes doesn't make it easy to leave a a rating or review. So every time that someone does it, I am incredibly grateful. I read all of them and it's wonderful because it serves as a kind of connector. You know, I don't get to talk to you guys in person. So seeing this is just one way that I feel like I can connect with you. So if you are so inclined and you feel the spirit move you to do it, um, just tap the picture and leave me a rating rating and review. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you so much. So enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear food, I wish you didn't exist. I wish I could take a pill every morning or even three times a day that would adequately provide me with the nutrients and nourishment my body needs every day. That would be a thousand times better than having to think about buying, preparing, and eating you each and every day. Every time that I think about you, I think about how you're necessary to my survival. And yet, how annoying that is, how annoying it is that I have to dedicate thought and energy to how I'm going to deal with you when I just want nothing more than for you to not be something that exists. It goes without saying that we've had a complicated relationship. I've avoided you, sought you out in desperation, and did many other eating disorder behaviors. Those ways of dealing with you have brought nothing but more pain and frustration with you and mostly with myself. 
For the most part, with some occasional exceptions, I don't engage with you in the same ways anymore. I like to think that I've put that behind me once and for all. But even now that I'm at a more stable place with you, I still have so much resentment towards you. I don't want to feel this way about you, but I do. How do I change the way that I think about you? How do I stop being so angry at you? I don't want you to hold so much power over me and my life any longer. Sincerely, Food Fight. Thank you, Food Fight, for your letter. I really appreciate your words. And you sound so exhausted. So I hope you can give your chance as we're sort of conversing. (laughs) If you could just take a seat, relax, and let's just put all of it out on the table and decide what you want to do with it. And, you know, the thing I gathered from your letter is that, yeah, you're exhausted. You have fought so hard and you basically wish there was a way you could have a break. And it's one of those times where I really appreciate how recovering from an eating disorder is so much different than recovering from an addiction. Of course, recovering from addiction is very hard work. Addictions are like the devil, but I also think that recovering from an eating disorder has some nuances that make it um, different and the same at the same time. And one of them is that you still need to eat. So you need to face that It's like carrying around a bottle of vodka all day if you're trying to recover from an alcohol addiction. So, um, and again, I'm not trying to compare to say one's harder than the other, but really just that this is a part of eating disorder recovery that makes it really challenging in a different way because you do need to find a way to eat. And the thing that I'm getting is that you're doing that. You're doing what you need to do. You're putting one foot in front of the other and you're eating your meals as you're supposed to, but damn it, you just wish you could have a space where you didn't have to do it. You are having to juggle a lot. When a person is experiencing an eating disorder, basically the wiring in their brain gets so used to thinking about food that that just becomes the norm for that brain. And then when a person experiences an eating disorder that also helps them cope with something that is tough going on, whatever that may be, the brain gets used to thinking that tough thing or anything related to that or even any feeling and thinking about food in that eating disorder way. And it's just the way the wires end up connecting. So for you, letter writer, what I appreciate is that your brain has so tightly wired and tangled up to think about food so frequently, but our body and our brain is just not wired to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. And so as you're trying to untangle it I almost picture like whenever I've had like a uh, a necklace that's all tangled up and it's that ball thing, then you just can't figure out how to untangle it. And you're trying really hard to figure out a way and you're at that point where you're about ready to give up. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever had that with a necklace where you're just about ready to give up. But then if you keep moving, eventually you'll find where the root of it is and, it, and untangle one big core of it, not all of it, but you can tell you got to a really big piece and the really kind of crappy thing that's about ready to come out of my mouth is I'm I'm wondering if that's where you are, which if you were someone that's sitting in front of me, I would say, would you be interested in leading forward into this? You know, would you be interested in saying hello to this resentment and anger that you're experiencing, this exhaustion? 
I have a feeling it has a message for you, that it's there for a reason. One of the things that I am curious about is um, who really deserves this resentment and anger? It's not you, letter writer. None of this is your fault. No one ever stands in line for an eating disorder. No one ever chooses it. And, um, you know, you've worked so hard. You've actively worked hard to recover. And it's also not food's fault. You know, food is there to nourish us and it's supposed to be thought about every so often. It's not supposed to be thought about every single second. But really where this resentment belongs, I would say, and I wonder if if you're thinking the same way that I am, I think this resentment and anger is should be directed at our cultural expectations for the human body, for females. Um, we're supposed to be compliant and perfect, but not saying so much. And, um, you know, recovering from an eating disorder, like I said before, it's really hard work. It is exhausting work. It takes years. And we're expecting you to recover into this world that has not recovered from its own eating disorder yet. So you're living in this culture that is basically giving you this horrendous mixed message. And you're trying every day to do the right thing. I'm really pissed about that too. And I think it's really important for that anger to be felt and heard because it has a really important message. And, you know, this would be something that would be probably best suited with a therapist, you know, to sit down and really just peel the layers of what's going on in that. And I would encourage you to turn towards some really important feminists that have uh, really directed a lot of my work um, with um, my work as a dietitian and then also my own personal experience as a woman and as a human, you know, walking this earth. Naomi Wolf and Susie Orbach are two people that I guess I would consider old school, but also were the foundation for me and and this work that I do and just how I'm relating to my own body and putting that resentment and anger on the cultural expectations. And then of course, Virgie Tovar is one that's more contemporary, someone who is speaking this truth now in a way that's different and important. And I would encourage you to dive in with folks who can really help you to tap into where this resentment belongs. I One thing I know about feelings is that we can try to avoid them and we can try to um, disconnect from them and numb them out. But if we don't feel them and give that, let them give us the message that they want to give us, then they're going to keep tapping on our shoulder. And I don't think it's a way to be mean or anything like that. I think it's a, a patient type of thing, but I do think they have messages for us. I think of sometimes this cheesy thing that Kermit the Frog used to always say, like, feelings are a gift. And again, it's super cheesy, but I do think that they're a way for our bodies to communicate what it needs. And you are exhausted, letter writer. I totally hear that. And you have worked so very hard to move forward. And you have. Every time you feel like you can't do another meal or another eating time, every time you feel like you can't keep choosing to not practice any eating disorder behaviors, you even in those moments when it's really dark, you're still moving forward. Every step you're taking is forward. So what I would encourage consider for you then is to allow yourself to process this anger more. Maybe sit down with a therapist, let yourself just sift through it. 
from a practical standpoint, I want to pivot. As a dietitian, I think about logistics when a person's in this place. Honestly, where you're describing letter writer is something that I've heard from other people. Certainly, you're not alone. And it's hard to do the day-to-day when you're exhausted and we're trying to recover from an eating disease and you still need to eat. So I encourage you to have a good list of food. And when I say good list, I mean five or six different types of maybe meals or snacks that are pretty shelf-stable that you can just rely on. And I would say like a couple for the freezer, a couple for the shelf that are pretty easy for you to eat. And by easy, that may mean also low prep. And you can rely on them for the days that you just can't do it. You just can't keep on fighting. And that way, I it whenever I talk to other people going through this, it's like, well, we know then you're still getting your meal and you're also getting a break. And that's okay. What often happens with this type of list is it's sometimes it's food that's not that exciting to a person. Sometimes it's a food that may not be exactly what they want or they may not get that much pleasure out of it. And that's okay. Something that's really important about food is it's important, but it's not everything. And it's it doesn't have to always be super enjoyable and pleasurable. There's gonna be times where we just have to make do. And sometimes when you're feeling the like you're describing right now, it's okay to take the easier way and just make something that feels brainless and has less thought into it. And maybe it's not as exciting. Maybe it's not as enjoyable. Maybe it's not meeting all the food groups. Big whoop. You're still surviving. You're still thriving. You're still moving forward. And it maybe it'll give your, your brain the break it needs. I have other people that I talk to who find a lot of comfort in eating with certain people. So when you're in this place of exhaustion, which you didn't describe this, but many times people also say that there's a layer of boredom with food that also comes into play, that just no food even just sounds appealing. And I wonder if that is happening to you too. And I think that's really a common experience in the recovery process. So for some people, if they do find certain people they can eat with and feel comfortable, um, and that doesn't open up another can of worms, that they'll make sure that they schedule once or twice a week to have a snack or a meal out with someone else. And um, then they don't have to cook it (laughs) and they don't have to think about it as much and just really be with other people that can support you. So I hope those are things that you find helpful. I would encourage you to experiment with them. And do remember something that's really important about recovery. Like I said earlier, food is important, but it's not everything. It's really not supposed to have as much power as it has in your life. And if we can talk about food in a as a, as a person, I don't think food is wanting to have that much power. It's wanting to nourish us and it's wanting to connect us. I have this quote that I want to read from you. It's by Teresa St. Cloud, and she's a local artist near where I live. And she makes these um, this wonderful artwork with um, poetry that she's written. And there's one that I have just been reading over and over again the last few months. It says, chairs slide in and out, filling with all our sizes. The passing of food from hand to hand is more like the passing of love. Conversations build, laughter abounds, contentment and warmth surround the room. I look at your face across the table and smile. Home is alive once more. 
So what I think Teresa is saying to me with this poem is that food is a great connector. It is something that connect us, connects us to relationships, to where we're from. It connects us to our genealogy. And it also nourishes us in the moment. It's not supposed to be thought about all the time. Really what's supposed to be thought about all the time is those that we're around, the people in our life, the relationships we have. Those are the things that really, in the end, deserve that power. Well, I see that food is written back. Before we get to that, be sure to check out my free roadmap, the first three steps towards food peace with PCOS, and you can get to it by going to pcosandfoodpeace.com. Also, if you would be willing to write a write rating or a review, I would be forever grateful. Just tap the picture that you see as you're listening to this podcast right now, and it'll get you right to it. And just know I read every single one, and they make my day. All right, enough of that. Let's get to Food's Letter, and until then, take care. Dear Food Fight, for as long as we can remember... Our relationship has been chaotic, love-hate, and complicated. We wish it was easier, and we know you're doing all you can on your part. We are too. We wish you'd stop blaming yourself for your experiences. You don't deserve the shame and blame. So who deserves it? The world that tries to silence you, make you smaller, and rages when you disobey the cultural objectification of women and bodies carries the blame. Lift it off your shoulders and place it where it belongs. Then we know you will finally get the rest and nourishment you so need. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.